What is up, No Nation? Thank you for joining us for another episode. It's the guys from Plant the Spear, and we got one I think you guys are going to enjoy today. There's a lot of hype around 2024 Florida State, although you might be thinking, man, they're losing a lot of pieces. The fun part is there are so many players that I'm excited about, that you're excited about in 2024, even if they are new faces. Now, you what to me is exciting about Florida State 2024 is you have a really good mix here. You have some returning veterans, basically your whole offensive line. You got a guy like DJU. You have some really unproven guys that are uber talented that we're excited about. Right. They just haven't proven it on the field yet. Then you have some transfers that you're, of course, super excited about as well. So today, what we're going to do is give our top five picks for players who are poised to have a breakout season in 2024. Now, before we jump into this, Michael, these are who we like to have a breakout season. That's that right. doesn't mean these are the only guys. That's that doesn't right. mean these are the most likely guys. These are just That's ones right. we think are poised to have a breakout season in 2024. Because the funnest thing to me about this roster going into next year is while we're going to name five apiece, two on offense, two on defense, and one dark horse candidate, we could probably expand this list two oh, or three God. times as many. I mean, it oh, was yeah. honestly, it was pretty hard to narrow it down. And some people are going to be like, well, what about this guy? Trust me, I wanted to include a lot of names that weren't on this list, but we boiled it down to five uh, a piece just for time constraints. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into this one. So looking at offense, I'll go, I'll give my first pick here. One of the guys that I think is just really going to have a great season in this offense is Alabama transfer wide receiver Malik Benson. Now, mm. I know this is one of the most hyped players that came in from the portal. I get that. The reason I think we're talking about a breakout season here is because some people will look at 2023 Alabama and go, well, he only put up 13 receptions, 162 yards, and one touchdown. So, you know, the the talent is there, but the production really hasn't been. Now, when you step back to junior college, and I know you're probably thinking it's junior college. That's fair. I get it. There's that. There's a big jump when you go from JUCO to to SEC competition, Power Five competition, whatever. There's going to be that little bit of adjustment here. But when you look at his numbers in JUCO, he was ridiculously productive. Yeah. In his first year, he put up over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, 112 yards per game. I'll take that. Seven days a week yeah. and twice on Sundays. Yes. At in 2022, he put up 977 yards and averaged. 75 yards a game with 10 touchdowns. So yeah. to me, you've seen the production there. It's just he has to get it to that power five level. It has to translate over. Now, the reason I think we're in for a breakout season here is, one, when they were doing their national championship prep, their, their playoff prep, you heard national analyst Tom Lukenbill talk about he got to watch Alabama's practice, and this guy was given their defense fits. And so this was someone that they really didn't want to lose. The other thing with him being at Alabama is now he's had that one year going against right. that that high level of competition. So it should be a little bit – the game should be a little slower for him this year. Now, the, the couple of really big things you got to mention is when you look back at that 23 Alabama team, one, you pretty much had a running back at quarterback when That's you right. talk – right, a guy who – Really, when you look at Milro, he was second in the team in rushing yards, 788 right. yards on the ground. He also was playing on a team with two really, really good wide receivers in Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond. So right. when you talk about Florida State's receiver room in 2024, it is deep and it yes. is talented. But you don't really have that alpha dog guy there yet because everybody's kind of a new face. And so you're going to be right. looking for that guy to step up. And I think Malik Benson can be that guy for Florida State. You've heard him talk about 
the early start he got with with DJU when they came in, like, hey, let's get this thing going. You have a guy who has the speed to take the top off a defense and a quarterback with an arm who can hit that guy in stride. You know, DJU can sling it. So if he can, if he gets by that DB, that's six. And so I think with these, and I do want to say, and I'll, I'll let you share some thoughts on him that it's not all verticals i mean he right. when you watch his juco film he can make some dudes miss in space he's got the speed to to hit a, a a gap and go and so i just think where this receiver room has a lot of talent but they're searching for that guy i think it's going to be malik benson and i think he's going to have a really big season i think he's going to probably you know he, he could be one of those thousand yard receivers that that florida state's been looking for for some time yeah and, and I, I do i will say i do believe i don't think we've had a thousand yard receiver since tamorian terry uh, oh, yeah. the, the one really good year because Johnny Wilson was like nine ninety something. He got close, yeah, but he didn't right. eclipse a thousand. I think he could be the first thousand yard receiver. It's just there's so so many targets. If right, you get and, enough. exactly. And uh, again, I love how you said like it, it. It's really hard to judge him on the production from Alabama. I mean, some of that's on him. You know, obviously he right, couldn't. Right. He needed to do better to crack that starting lineup to get in to get those snaps more. But also too, a major factor for a receiver is you can't catch the ball unless it's thrown to you. Right. And Alabama, like you said, has had a you know uh, Jalen Milrow, which is a great quarterback. Don't hear us like knock him. He's a, he's an incredible quarterback, incredible athlete. But he's not your typical, you know. Uh, pocket passer thrower you know a lot of the the scheme was designed around him running and being available to run you know you saw his throwing motion you know outside of that amazing throw he made to beat Auburn uh in the last second you know he didn't really have a a lot of great throwing uh uh, moments uh for his Alabama career so you can understand how Malik Benton can come in there and not have the same type of impact and productivity as a lot of other wide receivers are in Mike Norvell's offense with a quarterback who likes to get the ball down the field who can stand in the pocket read defenses and make those throws yeah you could see his production going way up and so I think I absolutely agree I think he's definitely a dark horse candidate for having a uber productive season and I would love it if he's one of a few wide receivers right. who gets to a thousand yards. Yeah, I definitely think it. And, and you know, the thing when you talk about, it, you got to be targeted. One thing at Alabama, when you go back and look at his stats, he was never targeted more than two times in a game. You can't tell me that he wasn't open more than two times in. Correct. I think he had seven starts. So yeah, I think just with a with a bigger opportunity and better quarterback play with a year of adjustment now under his belt, I think he's it's going to be a big year for him. So yeah, that's my first pick at wide receiver transfer. Wide receiver from Alabama, Malik Benson. Let's see who you got on the books for number one here. All right, number one. My number one uh, uh, breakout candidate this year is another wide receiver. And we actually saw bits and pieces of what the potential is for this player is Hakeem Williams. I mean, holy cow. Uh, I think it was the 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 Syracuse game where he took that little short little uh, bubble route and took it sixty yeah. something yards or something like that. He played in eight games, had five catches, eighty yards, and a touchdown. But just not even that. Don't even look at the the, the production. You know, he got injured uh, towards the middle of the season and was in and out of uh, the lineup. And then I it felt like you didn't see him the rest of the year a little bit. But man, when he was in, my goodness! I mean, yeah. when he came into the spring. When he first got there, he was overweight. He wasn't in shape, and they were kind of concerned. And then they just basically said, "Look, you're gonna you're gonna play Power Five football. You're gonna be a star here at Florida State. You've got to take this seriously." And boy, did he! I mean, he was a blocking machine. Now 
you imagine now with a year under his belt, going through that offense, knowing what it is to 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 be a player, to be serious about that, and coming with this quarterback, man, him, Malik Benson. I mean, you add in uh, Destiny Hill, you add in Venturius Jacob, you add in uh, you add in uh, Williamson. I mean, you're talking about a receiving core now that can be elite, where you could have two to three thousand yard receivers. And I believe Hakeem's going to be one of them. He is my number one uh, breakout player for 2024. I love the pick because we were so excited when we got him out of the high school ranks. And, you know, like you said, he had a slow spring kind of yeah. coming on. And at the same time, you have Andravius Jacobs, who was pretty much the king of the spring, stole the That's show. Right. Everybody kind of forgot about Hakeem Williams. Yeah. I think throughout the course of the season, you saw a little bit more from him than you did from Van Dravius Jacobs. And and one, I like the size and the skill set that he has. I mean, this is we saw what they like to do with big body receivers yes, last year did. when you had Keon Coleman at 6'4", Johnny Wilson at 6'7". Now, he's not 6'7", but he's, he's big. He's tall, and he's got a frame to go with it. And he's got a very impressive skill set. So I love this pick. I think he's a homegrown guy who... You know, he just needed that year to, to get right. used to playing Power 5 football. And now... You know, you also had a very top-heavy wide receiver room last year where it was going right. to be hard for pretty much anybody to get on the field. That's right. But now, I mean, the, it's open competition. And, and he's, you know, people forget that we have, when you talk about a talented wide receiver room, I think that's a name that slips people's minds sometimes. And they forget that you have that caliber that's of player right. there. I mean, he's he's going to be playing on Sunday if, if he follows through with, you know, his, his level of skill set. And so I love this pick. I think yeah. Hakeem is going to be poised for a big season, and I can't wait to see it. I just want – I love the homegrown guys. You know, and and I'm gonna get a little flack because my next pick is another transfer. And you know, <laughs> to be honest, I, I'll throw you out an honorable mention after this. Uh, that was a homegrown guy for me, but my number two on offense here is gonna be Roy Dale Williams, Oof. another transfer from Alabama. And that doesn't mean that I'm not excited about the guys who have already been playing in Garnet Gold. I think Kaziah Holmes could have a good year. I think Cam Davis as a freshman could have oh, you know a, a significant yeah. impact on this room. I mean, that guy's a freaking bowling ball. Um, that I feel back. Yeah, right. You you got a lot of homegrown guys, but the thing that piques my interest about Roydell Williams, one, he has four seasons at Alabama, so he is as experienced as it comes. Now, whether yeah. he got a lot of time on the field or not, he's physically developed as a player. 564 yards last year, 5.0 yards per carry, five touchdowns, 11 receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. So the numbers were not terrible. I mean, when you think right. about in, in a backfield that splits carries, that's pretty much in line with what you saw in 2022 at Florida State with, uh, you know, splitting carries between the three backs that they used, the three-headed monster that we saw, and Trayshawn, right. you know, and Toa Philly, and, of course, Trey Benson. What – I like about Roydell Williams. Now, the one the one knock that I will say that stands out on tape is he doesn't really have that top-end breakout speed. So I don't know how much he's just going to rack up yards where he's going to bust a 70-yard run. But when you watch his game tape, man, this it seems like he has the power of Trey Benson, maybe not the top-end speed there, but he also has the patience of Trayshawn Ward. And, and it's one mm -hmm. of those where... You remember Trayshawn could make you miss in a phone booth. Gosh, and, and yeah. there was a lot of times in that Oklahoma game, you know, in the LSU game where Trey just struggled to get going. You know, he's kind yep. of a, a one speed guy. He either kind of tippy toes at the hole or he's just full on. Yeah. But you saw Trayshawn Ward would kind of wait for the blocks to set up. And we also know last year, one of the biggest struggles up front for Florida State was the guards really or the offensive the line pulling. in general. Yeah. The pulling was a little slow. And so it was yeah. hard for them to to get there in time. And I think if you can have a back that has the patience to wait for the blocks to set up, and then you also have, 
the ability to power through that first couple of you know, getting their hands on, you can break a yeah. few tackles, man. I, I think he can do some things. You also have to remember that when you talk about Alabama, people are like, okay, well, he wasn't the starter at Alabama. You also had Jace McClellan there, who is a really right. good back, 888 yards, eight touchdowns, missed uh, some time with injury. You also had Jalen Milrow, a running quarterback there who put up almost 800 yards. So again, I think this guy, you know, he he's safe with the ball. I don't think he had any fumbles last year. So this is a guy that I'm looking at out of the running back room to make a big impact for four to state this year and, and you know when you talk about yardage i'm not going to say he's going to rush for a thousand yards i know that's something that trey benson was really trying to be that first mm -hmm. thousand yard rusher since cam Akers. i uh he never got there he did an all-purpose yards but not ground yes. yards you may not see it come in a, the form of a thousand yard rusher but i just think when you look at his presence on the field and what he does for this offense you know they love to run the ball they rush right. for over 200 yards in eight games in 2022 Man, I, I think Roydell Williams is going to be kind of that missing key to this running back room. When you look at all the skill sets that you have, losing right. Trey Benson now, losing Treshawn Ward, I think this is the guy that you need to well round out that running back room. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think Roydell is is more in line with some of the backs that you've seen Mike Norvell love and use uh, in his offense uh, offensive scheme. I mean, go back to his days of Memphis and the type of running backs he would love he had there. And I think this is – Roydell is a great fit. Plus – I mean, let's just be honest, dude. Alabama has a history. I mean, Florida State has a great history of running backs. Don't get us wrong. Florida State has a great history, but in recent memory, yeah. Alabama's been yeah. dominating that. And so to get to get Rodell Williams, who's been trained and developed in that Alabama strength and programming, who knows how to run, he's a, he looks like an NFL back. Yes, he doesn't have that breakaway speed, so he's not going to get you, you know, 70, 80 yards breakaway from a defender. You know, he's going to get you those big time yards. You know. If the offensive line improves, Jesse, I see Roydell being used in that that third and one, fourth and one, third and two, what we struggled with this past year. I really see that happening. And Mike Norvell has proven in the in the years that he's been here going into year five is that he is a multi-back user. He will put yep. a back in what fits what he's trying to do. And then he will take a back out and get another back in. So you're going to see Roydell split carries between him and and uh, Toll Feely and Kaziah Holmes and Cam David. Like, you're going to see all of that happen. You, we also forget Sam Singleton's still in that, right, that, right. that deal. So you're going to see a lot of that happening until he kind of finds that, until Mike Norvell finds that groove with those three players. But, man, Roy Dale can definitely be a breakout player this season. Yeah, I'm excited when you think about, like, a third and short or a goal line situation when you have – Big old DJU standing back there. Yep. You have a power back like Roydell Williams. Yep. You know, I, I'm loving it. I think it's going to be a good combination on offense there. So with that being said, let's see what you got in store for number two on your offensive pick. All right. So my number two is another homegrown. I'm going to stay on the homegrown side. I love it. I love and it. I'm going to stay in the wide receiver room. Let's go. I'm going to go with Kentron Portier. Now, Kentron has played uh, uh, in... 30, let me see here. Yeah, he's played in almost 30, gosh, I can't count, 35 games. Played in 35 yeah. games in his three season. He's had 28 catches, 480 yards, four touchdowns. Last season, he only had four catches for 22 yards. He was injured, so his best season really came in, in 22. He was injured for most of the year. Man, I did, but every time you saw him, every time he got on the field, man, you saw flashes of what could happen, what he could do. But what like the the type of star he could become. I mean, there was a catch. I don't remember if it's the Wake Forest game or not, but he makes a catch along the sidelines. It's like a 30, 40 yard throw from Jordan Travis that he basically 
catch, car- catches the ball and carries out with his two feet in, NFL in, yeah. you know? And it was like, holy cow. And so I really believe that uh, Kentron can have an amazing breakout season. And here's the other thing to this. For all of all of what Johnny Wilson was amazing for, one of the things that gets lost on is that while, yes, and, and I, I, I heard this, uh, somebody else said it, and I'm stealing it from them, but I thought it was really good. You know, Johnny was suspect on first and second down, but on third down, Man, he was almost money. If you yeah. got the ball to Johnny on third down, you were getting that first down. We need someone to step up to be that like dependable. I'm going to throw it to you and you're going to catch this ball on third down 90% of the time, 70% of the time, whatever you want to do there. I think Kentron can be that player because he's shown to have dependable hands to make hard catches in traffic. If he can do that on a consistent basis and, and stay away from the injury bug, man, he could have a breakout year. I love that pick because with the thing with Ken Tron is you always feel like, man, he's right there. Right he's there. right there on, on, you know, the, the verge of breaking out. He's just had health issue after health issue. That's really kind of kept him off the field. But I mean, if you think back, he had a monster spring. We thought he yep. was going to be wide receiver. Number two, we were excited yep. about what he was going to be able to do. Kind of battled some injury, had a, a great catch, the, probably the only productive play in the orange bowl. That's right. Then got injured and, and wasn't able to come back. So you've seen it. I remember in 22 when they played Boston College, he had a touchdown oh, catch where man. like he just basically went up over the defenders, took the ball, and scored a touchdown. So he's got the size, he's got the experience. He, you yep. know, hopefully he stays. Hopefully we don't lose any of yeah. these guys in the portal because obviously this can all change after spring. But I just think this is a guy that, like you said, man, I just love what he brings to the table as far as the size, his physicality, and and the ability that he's shown. For me, really, it's just a question of whether he can stay healthy. But he's yeah. got size. I mean, he's 6'4", I believe. So, you know, I think it's really like between him and Darian Williamson, if you can just yes. get them uh, as like one cohesive person to stay healthy for like one or the yeah. other can be healthy for the most of the year. I think it just gives you that experience in the receiver room. Because like we said, there's a lot of talented guys, not a lot of experience. That's and right. so That's right. I'm definitely thinking that this is one of your most experienced guys. And I think he's going to be really – on the on the verge of having a breakout season, especially with a quarterback like DJ that can throw it up and he can go get it. Yep. You know, now I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an honor uh an honorable mention here from a homegrown okay. guy before everybody gets on my butt about being transfer <laughs> heavy. I think Jakai Douglas has the potential to have a really mm. good season too. I mean you look at when he stepped up when he needed to most in the pit game when Jordan didn't have his two top receivers. He had that's put right. up 115 yards. He's been in the system for a long time. He's another guy that's battled injury, but he's just got that immense speed. So I'm yep. thinking he's going to be kind of one of those slot-filling roles with uh, Destin Hill. I think he's going to be yeah. one too. And I want to give the big guy some love up front because you could, you know, we could say, like, who's going to have a breakout season? You don't really typically think of the offensive line. That's one right. guy I'm, I'm watching here is Keandre Jones. Now, he yeah. was one of my favorite favorite offensive lineman last year didn't really get to play a ton but when he did he got the joe Moore pancake of the week award right. that was one of the funnest graphics i've ever made where i got to <laughs> put him in front of a big old stack of pancakes i love that one so yeah i think i think he's going to be on offensive line he's going to be a guy you knew he was a multi-year project coming in yeah. um you know but i think you're going to be able to count on him this year and you know what michael you know who else you can count on to make who? game days more interesting that is prize picks let's go what i love is we're talking about picking players here and you can go pick the player of your choice in any game across there's so many sports there's so many fun prop 
stuff that they have. I think I even bet, like I even had an entry on the length of the national anthem and the Super Bowl, like <laughs> whether, whether Travis Kelsey was going to propose afterwards. There's so many fun games and contests that you can get started with prize picks. And the best part is you can get started with house money because if you sign up with code SPEAR, you can get a 100% first deposit match up to mm. $100 by using code SPEAR. We'll link it below. And the best part is, man, like I've been playing with house money all year. I did pretty good for the Super Bowl. And the easy part <laughs> is it's daily fantasy. It's either the number is more or less. You don't have to make any crazy lineups or anything like that. So go check out prize picks. You guys are going to really enjoy that. Make game day more interesting. Get started with Coach Spear to get your deposit match. Now, let's talk about some defensive guys. Okay. This is another area with Florida State where you got some pieces to replace. But you do bring back some talent. You do bring in some guys that you feel really good about. And, you know, the first one, all right, guys, here we go. I'm going with a homegrown pick here. Oh, Jumbling, look at you. Right, I, and, and this is a guy that we've thought was going to be special from the day he committed to Florida State. This is a guy that had took his lumps a little early on as a freshman. We saw some mistakes, but I think this is one of those guys, when you watch him on tape, he just moves differently. He looks yeah. like he can be that next great DB to come out of DBU, and that's a Zaria yeah. Thomas. Yeah. This is a guy yeah. that I really like in year three. I mean, keep in mind, he was a top 100 uh, recruit in 2022, and people at the time, most of us realized how big of a get it was. That was a Travis Hunter year, man. Everybody was yeah. so focused on what we didn't get that they forgot to look at the guy that we did get. And to be that's honest, right. if it wasn't for Travis Hunter, we probably don't get a Zaria Thomas. That's you know, right. He was influential in that, but... Looking back at last year, he got a lot of experience. It was around 300-plus snaps as a freshman, over 400 as a sophomore. He's now got over 800 snaps of experience. He was actually the third-highest-graded DB or player in coverage last year behind Jerion Jones and Renardo Green, who are both yeah. gone. So, yeah. again, I think like we talked about with the receiver, the availability to step into that starting role is there for Azaria. And I think, right. you know, Fentral Cypress is back. That's probably one of your corners there. I like Azari to step into that starting role. I think he's a guy that is, is you know, he's just, he's sticky in coverage. And, you know, again, you think back to the freshman year, he looked great on tape. It was just a couple of mistakes where you're learning the game of football. And now in year three, potentially his money year, man, I think Azari, again, is going to be, one of those DBs that's going to step up and just be a lockdown guy. You know, I, I think this is a guy that's going to be playing on Sundays, and I think you're going to see it start next year, and he's going to take over and have a really great season. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, I have been, I I have been in thoroughly impressed with his RA. I, I think I've told you this before. He kind of reminds me of a little bit different, but a, a very similar to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. I mean, just that he didn't have as much of the flashy attitude as we loved yeah. about Jalen. Yeah. But man, I mean, you talk about sticky corner in your face. You know, I watched, you know, I watched a, a highlight uh, tape of him where he got uh, it was he was going up against uh, Thrash from Louisville in the conference championship game, and outside of that moment, I mean, this guy, I mean, he's made some crucial plays. I mean, yeah. been in like you know that pit game. I mean, he's huge in the pit game. You know, saved right. a couple of touchdowns there, um, and so I, I really think he is going to be uh, a phenomenal player, phenomenal DB when it's all said and done. Look, we have the moniker DBU again. It, it, it he's a big part of that reason. And let me just tell you this: yes, that was the year Travis Hunter left. And and we got Sam McCall, who ended up being a bust, anyways, at at Texas A and M. But the difference is, and and yes, I will admit that Travis Hunter did get hurt a little bit uh, after that Colorado State game. But if you look at the stats and you watch the game tape, Zare is playing much better than Travis Hunter is on defense. Yeah. Uh, 
And so I would just say, I'm not saying he's a better overall player. I'm just saying that last year, Azari played a lot better than Travis Hunter did. And so I'm grateful to have Travis Hunter on our, our Azari Thomas on our team. Uh, yeah. And I think he could definitely be a breakout player, even more so than he was last year. Yeah, because Hunter, he's a he's a two-way player, and that's what makes him that's so right. special. But I think Azari is primed to step into that starting role. And I think the other exciting thing is, you know, again, you have that really crazy talented DB that's class right. that came in last Ooh. year. So you got a lot of really young, talented DBs. You just really kind of need that one-year gap. Now, I would love to see Azari come back for his senior year, but if he leaves yeah. after his junior year, that means he had a great year, and I'm that, okay with that right. too. And, you know, for me, when I when I think of like Azarie at one corner and you think of Fentrell at another corner and then you mm. think of, you know, uh, of the little to transfer from or a little junior from Alabama at that nickel Oof. roll. Man, that's a secondary I'm getting excited about. And, and and I'll let you know on one of my picks later when we get a little bit farther back in the secondary there. But, yeah, that's a guy that I'm excited about. But I'm also excited to hear about who your first defensive player is. All right. So. I am actually going to, I'm going to start at the, you know what, since you, since you started the secondary, I'll, I'll start there as well too. Now this, this probably won't be a, a popular pick. You're, uh, you know, you and I, you you're getting and I flamed just, for this one. I know where you're I'm going. Getting, you're getting flamed for this one. <laughs> listen, listen, we've had a lot of consternation, a lot of angst, a lot of frustration with this player, but I'm believing it. I'm speaking it into the ether that this year, Kevin Knowles, the second is going to have a breakout year. I believe it. I'm putting it out there. Kevin, if you're watching this, I believe in you, bro. You can do it this year. Played in 38 games so far. Last season, you know, he had to step in for the in, into the safety role when uh, King Dent got hurt. And uh, in the first game, he did really well. And then it was like after that. And really, it's not about being earlier in his career. It was like he he started his career really hot. You remember that in 21 and in 22. Yeah. He was like one of the best corners, and we thought, okay, coming in the you know the rest of twenty two and twenty three, he's going to be the corner, and then he he faded away. And the biggest knock on Kevin Knowles is really his tackling, not yeah. necessarily, not necessarily him being in the wrong places. He's gotten way better about knowing where to be. It's tackling, like I mean, he's throwing shoulders, he's throwing pinkies at people trying to tackle them, and it's like, bro, you've got to wrap. Up. And I believe that with Patrick Sertan, who's proving, who's currently proving to become one of the best secondary coaches in the country, recruiter and coaching, you saw what, what happened with Ricardo Green. Ricardo Green went from being a okay to a decent to a lockdown corner this last year. And so I imagine that uh, Kevin Knowles will have the same exact progression as well. And I'm thinking, yes, I know he's in the secondary. I know he's a safety and we got, we got Shaheen Brown back there. We got Conrad Hersey. We got all those players, but I'm just telling you, I fully believe that this is going to be the year that Kevin Knowles the second breaks out. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I'm not as confident, but I will <laughs> say this. I, I can see I, you make a good case. And, and, and to that, I will add, and I'm just kidding because I, I like Kevin Knowles. I mean, again, think back, like you said, when his freshman year, he came on, or it might have been sophomore year, but I'm pretty sure it's freshman mm -hmm. year. He came on late in the season, him and Duke yes. Cooper. It was like, Man. okay, what, what do we got here? Right. And then they brought, you know, uh, Renardo Green stepped up. They brought in Fentrell Cypress. So they asked him to make the move to safety, and he did. That's right. So you also have to keep in mind, last year was his first year at the safety position. That's right. And, and that's a totally different animal. Different role. So, Right. And so he had to learn on the fly in game situations. And like you said, really, the biggest knock has been his tackling. It seems like he loves to duck his head. 
and I, I'll just share some PFF numbers with you because I looked it up while you were talking about him. So his coverage grade was 63, which is above average. It's not really, it's not terrible. Right. But it's just that tackling grade is 37.5. That is yeah. just awful. Now, I will say in 2022, it was even worse. It was 26.1. <laughs> but in 2021, his freshman year, it was 84.2. So he's shown the ability to do it. Now, yeah. again, I think another year at the safety position, I think another year with Patrick Sertan as your coach. You know, I actually picked Shaheen Brown to be a breakout player last year. Yeah. And I think he's just a really solid guy, but Akeem Dent was a big part of this defense, and now he's gone. So you're going to need somebody to step up. Yeah. We'll talk about my dark horse in a second. We may have a little competition <laughs> brewing here. Okay. I, I think as far as just having a veteran presence on the back end of the defense, which is something that you saw pay off with Akeem Dent, I think yeah. that's what Kevin Knowles can get you if he can just clean up that tackling. Yeah. I think yeah. he can be a guy for you. So, yeah, man, I, I like the pick. Now, let's go with the second guy. I'm going to go with a, a up front. Let's get some meat in this conversation here. Okay. All right. Now, let's go. This is a guy, sorry you guys, I'm going with another transfer here, but there, this was this was a position where I could have picked a lot of different people. Like, I really wanted to go with Marvin Jones Jr. And some of you may be thinking when I say this guy that he's a two-time all-conference player. How is he going to have a breakout season when he's already freaking good? And I get that <laughs> argument, but I think people pointed at, what, and of course the guy I'm talking about is Sione Lohaleha who comes in from Oregon State, and people were like, well, he only had one and a half sacks, so I don't really know what we're going to get out of him. But yeah. the, the point that I want to make with him is he had 33 pressures last year, according to PFF. That mm -hmm. would have been second on the team behind Patrick Payton and Jared Verse last year. So you good. have a guy in the pressure department who has been very productive. And so I think just given what he brings to the table from a veteran perspective and just a – he seems like a workhorse. His, his interview when he first got here was great. I loved what he had to say. Yep. You know, I think that they can really put me on the map, turn me into a first round pick. You know, you also look at you got to replace Jared Verse. So you have right. that you have Patrick Payton on the one side that we know is pretty good. You know, I I, I don't want to say pretty good. We know he's really good. Right. We just got to see how he does without Verse on the other side. And then you also have Marvin Jones Jr., who probably fits more with that the size that can trade out one and two. And I, I think that Lohaleha and the West Virginia transfer Durajaye. Those are two more of the same body build. So that can yeah. kind of be your strong side defensive end here. And when you talk about Jared Verse at 6'4, 260, Sione comes in at 6'3, 266. So you're getting that kind of same size. Now, mm. I'm not saying he's going to be Jared Verse because, you know, Jared right. Verse was a bad Plus man. Jared like, Verse. <laughs> if he couldn't get to the quarterback, he'd sack him with the offensive tackle. He would hit, <laughs> you know, That's he right. hit a dude with a dude. But I just think, like, again, when you, you have a guy who's a two time all Pac 12 selection, <clears throat> second team last year. You come in, you let him work with this the staff. Now, whether you're here or there on defensive end recruiting, right? We know they can develop, and, and so right. I think this is good clay to mold. And so, like, man, I'm really excited about what Sione is going to bring to this defensive line this year. Man, I I love this pick. And yes, I know he's two time All Conference, whatever, whatever. Yes, he's going to be a breakout candidate for State. I love this pick because he's a uh, he his motor doesn't stop. You watch the film. This dude just keeps going and going and going and going. I mean, he is relentless. And with the way that FSU substitutes and 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 subs in the uh, especially on that front that front seven there, my goodness. I mean, he's going to be energized. He's going to be ready so that when the most important parts of the game you need him in, I mean, that guy is going to be. I mean, just imagine 
they didn't really substitute as much. I I, I went back and watched. I, they didn't substitute as much at Oregon State for him. So he was in those snaps all the time, constantly. So if they're if they run the same program, which I believe they will here at Florida State, this guy's gonna be fresh for the long haul. And a fresh player like him, oh my goodness, like. You, you just yeah. know that he he can make a huge impact, especially with Pat Payton and with uh, with Durajai. Uh, 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 um, Durajai, thank you. It's West tough, Virginia. man. You got to practice these names. <laughs> got to practice them. Uh, Durajai from West Virginia. Have that on there. Man, that's going to set this defense up. So remember, you want to have a great line because if your line is pressuring the quarterback, you make it easy for the secondary to lock down those receivers, especially in this pass happy era of college football. You want to lock down, you want to get pressure up front and having him on the edge, you can move him from, from edge to end stunts and equipment. You can do so much with this kid, yeah. uh, this adult, he's not even a kid anymore. You're right. Uh, so I'm <laughs> excited about this grown man. Yeah, that's, that's a grown man. That's a grown man. But he also has good run defense grades, too, which I like. Now, there's some that's a little spotty here and there, but I think overall just, you know, what he brings to the table I think is going to be up for. I think you're going to see those sack numbers go up this year. I, right. I do expect that just with the pressures that he's been able to create. Now, I want to hear who your number two on defense is because <laughs> I, know, I know I added a little beef to the lineup, but I got a feeling you might go somewhere with this one. Yeah, I'm going to add more beef to the lineup, and I'm going to go with a transfer, my first transfer, and I'm going to go with uh, uh, Daryl Jackson. Love now, That's a lot Darryl of beef Jackson to add. Jr. That's a lot of beef to add. Now, last year he did not get to play because of the NCAA and their fictitious, just ridiculousness um, of their rules of not allowing him to play. So he didn't get to play last. You saw him come into the Georgia game and the Orange Bowl. You know, we kind of threw that film out. Go watch his freshman year at Miami. Go watch how dominant this kid was when he was in the game. Okay, uh, he had uh, he played uh, in twenty. He had fifteen uh, tackles, eleven uh, tackles in twenty twenty two, three sacks. I mean, just incredible, uh, incredible. Like uh, the way he pressures the line, the way he can move. He has quick hands. He has quick feet. He has an intelligence beyond what a normal kid his age should have. And so you, he has a whole year in this uh, Adam Fuller, uh, 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 Odell Hagen system, and now you're going to actually get him on the field along with yeah. uh, Durjaye, along with um, uh, uh, the Oregon State kid that I can't say his name right now, <laughs> uh, along with Patrick Payton, along with uh, um, Marvin Jr. I mean, you're talking yeah, yeah. about Josh Farmer. Josh Farmer. Oh my gosh, Josh Farmer. I almost forgot about Josh Farmer. Yeah. Like, so you're talking about a line now with Daryl Jackson that's going to allow him to get even more free, more one-on-one opportunities right there in the middle. They can also, you know, stunt him out to the edge. I mean, gosh, I even seen him drop back a little bit in coverage. Now, we don't want him more than five yards from the line yeah, of scrimmage, right. but I'm just saying this guy is multifaceted, multi-talented. He is going to be a breakout player. I, I believe that by the end of this year, Jesse, we're going to be talking about a national champion, Florida State, and he's going to be one of the main, main characters that we're talking about at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I love this pick because I was almost at first, I was like, man, I almost forgot we got him back. <laughs> and you have to imagine that, one, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I, I think That's just right. from being left out last year, I think the other important thing to think about was while he didn't get to play on Saturdays, he was still a full participant in practice. Oh, man. 
So he's still in game shape, or at least in shape, and he's right. also got a handle on this defense. He's got a year That's of right. experience, so it's basically like a redshirt year almost That's in right. learning your scheme. Now, I will say, weren't they saying at practice that he was making it hard right. for them to practice? They almost couldn't run practice because he was so dominant. Now, I think the biggest knock on him is just being a little bit inconsistent. But man, right. anytime you have a guy with at, you know two full years of experience who's six foot five, three hundred and thirty pounds. That's a big freaking dude in the middle. So I He's love huge. that. Right. I love that. It's almost like you get the space eating of, yeah. uh, you know, of, of some guys that you've had in the past. And then you also get that, that strength ability. So yeah. I'm thinking of Robert Cooper. That's what I'm thinking of, you know, the, that space eating ability, yes. but a, little more, a little more power moves there. And when you yeah. look at what he did in his second year, cause he started at Maryland and then That's right. his second year at Miami. I mean, when you look at his PFF grades, you're green across the board. And so that's good. I mean, 70 plus is usually a, a power five starter mm. status. And, you know, his rush def or his defensive grade was 72.4. Rush defense was 73.1. Tackling was 82.9. So I think this is a guy that can be a big impact player for you. Yeah. Um, yeah and he did. He does actually have a, a 72.4 coverage grade while he was at Miami. So who knows what they're doing down there in more. Who knows what they're doing. Right. But yeah, I think this is a guy that I really like to have a breakout season just because I think he's just going to be pissed off. and He's going to be ready yeah. to play. And, you know, yeah. he's shown the ability to be dominant. So, man, I, I'm super excited about having him, him and Josh Farmer. That's two grown men in, in the middle of your man. defensive line. So I'm excited about that one as well. Now, Let's get to this dark horse pick that we were talking about earlier. And this is someone that could be an impact player or might not even start. We just don't know. We're kind of taking a little bit of a shot, going a little bit darker or farther down the depth chart here. But I think we got a little competition in a couple of our picks here because I think one of my I think my dark horse might be good enough to take that starting role. And that's Conrad Hussey at safety. This kid mm. to me just popped on film. And people forget how big of a get he was when they flipped yeah. him from Penn State. He was a top 200 recruit in the 247 composite. And, you know, when you think back to the interception that he had against Virginia Tech, it was one of the most athletic interceptions I've ever seen to be able to get yes. his feet down. You know, he had a, a couple where he was really close and just couldn't secure it. He's just like, he has a knack for being around the ball. He's uber yeah. talented, and he's got some experience under his belt. Now, because, you know, again, that it's just – there's only one way to get experience. And so that's on the field in game situations. And now while he didn't play necessarily a ton, he still did get 213 snaps last year. He still did play in almost every game. And when you look at his numbers, you know, we just talked about some of these PFF grades here. He's green across the board too. And now granted, I know he didn't play against the bigger moments against the tougher teams, but his defensive grade was 75.4 rush defense, 73.7 tackling 75.1 and coverage 75.4. That's money across the board. So I think if he gets the opportunity to start now, even if he doesn't, I think this is a guy that's going to be kind of like that Azaria Thomas yeah. where he's just so good. You can't keep him off the field. And so if he doesn't start and I think he's coming for you, Kevin, you better, you know, you better, you better get that tackling grade pumped up. But man, I just think this is a kid that he's super special. And I think we saw flashes of that last year. And if he can put it together on a consistent basis and get a larger workload, man, I think the sky is the limit with Conrad Hussey at safety. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I do like your pick because he can be, he shows and flashes the potential of being, to be, and becoming one of the best DBs to play here at Florida State. 
uh, if he can get the opportunity, if he can get more on the field, if he can get more more reps in live game situations, I, I really do think he does have that potential. And so, you know, it just it just really depends on what we kind of see out of the spring and then kind of coming out of the spring. Hopefully he's still around because, you know, you just right. never know nowadays. Like you just right. don't know with the transfer portal window opening right after the spring game. And so, um, I, yes, I could definitely see him as a dark horse uh, making a really big impact on this team for this season. I think the exciting thing is you just got so many choices, you know, you and we do. may have, we, we'll have to revisit this and do like a post spring episode to see who's still here or maybe who's been added. That's right. But speaking of, let's see who you got as the dark horse pick here. Okay. I've, I mean, I've waffled on this because, and, and both of them are in the linebacking room. And so I've gone back and forth on, on who could be, but I'm going to settle with Blake Nicholson. Okay. Love now, it. Blake Nicholson linebacker played 14 games, which is kind of shocking. When I first saw that, I was like, it didn't really look like he played in all 14 games last season, but he did. He played in all 14 games. He had uh, 17 uh, total assisted tackles, four solo tackles, had one pass breakup. But the game I'm remembering the most is, it, I think it was the Southern Miss game where he came in and he followed, he, he went out, it was on a route with a running back uh, or a slot receiver. I can't remember which one it was, but he followed him all the way in and he, all, he had a pick if he could have got his one foot down, but it was such an yeah. athletic interception. I was like, holy cow. And so he just needs to bulk up. That's his thing. Yep. He needs to bulk up and he needs time. When he, when he was in there and I was able to notice that he was in there, he wasn't that lost. You know, there was a couple thing, couple times where he, he was lost. But he, for the most part, he actually had his head on a swivel like a linebacker should. He could hit. Boy, got a stick. Right. right. He, he yep. brings a big stick. And uh, and he's clever and he, he's very attuned. And what I saw in that play that wasn't an interception but could have been an interception was he can cover. He's one of the few linebackers probably in the country that can also serve as, you know, like that that big safety DB that can that can cover when he needs to cover. But you don't always want him in coverage in that sense, if you understand what I'm saying. And so. I really think that he could be a breakout candidate uh, this year as well. He's that dark horse. My other guy was Omar Graham, who played as, who actually played more significant minutes than Blake Nicholson did. Uh, but I think I'll give the edge to uh, Blake Nicholson. Yeah, I think he's just that high-end guy. And, and, you know, we were so excited when they got him coming out of California. That's he was right. a really, you know, a highly talented linebacker. And you knew last year that you had a veteran group with the That's linebackers right. that you had. And you were like, okay. We know going forward after 2023 that he's kind of like the foundation of that linebacker room. Right. You just got to find someone to add with him. But you, you yeah. were never worried about what he was going to turn out to be. And I think you saw flashes of that during the season. Right. His tackling grade was 77.5. He's got some things to clean up again, but you're talking about a true freshman role That's here. Right. Um, you know, and I just think this is a guy where you look at his ceiling and it's probably, if we're being honest, it's the highest in the linebacker room. You yeah. know, it's just getting that floor up to where he's at a starter That's level right. status. Now you got right. DJ Lundy in here, who's going to be your de facto number one. That's right. Oh, I think Blake Nicholson's got a higher ceiling than DJ Lundy, mm -hmm. even. Um, but you also bring in Sean Murphy. That's right from Alabama. So there's going to be some competition in the room. You got Cryer. Yeah, you still you still got to wait and see if they get Cam Riley from from that's Auburn. Right. Now that's going to throw a monkey wrench into plans. That's it, right. That, that could steal some playing time here. But let's just say you roll with what you got, and and this is all you got with Justin Cryer, you know Omar Graham, Nicholson, and I still Murphy. think they're going to add yeah. one Murphy and of course Lundy. He's going to find his way on the field. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because even Sean Murphy, that's a talented guy that we're excited about as well. But he doesn't have a lot of experience. He doesn't that's have right. 
a whole lot more than Blake Nicholson. He's just a more of a veteran player. He just doesn't have a lot of game time. So I love this pick. I think this is one of them where it's another homegrown guy that can be developed into a really high-end linebacker. You know, a linebacker that, and I don't want to take credit away from the guys that we've had, but this can be one of them linebackers that we haven't had in a long time. I mean, I can't. You have to stretch back to find the last time a, a linebacker was drafted. You know, uh, the 2013 team. That's oh, probably yeah. like you're going back a, a good few years. And I think Blake Nicholson can be that guy. I think yeah. you're just, again, you're in a situation like with Conrad Hussey. Will he get the sample size to be able to make that impact? That's going to be the biggest question. Right. But I, I think if he does get on the field and, and if he gets that ability, you know, and keep in mind, you got Georgia Tech up first, you got Boston College, then you got. Memphis and you got a couple of these teams it's not like you're coming out of the gate with LSU so if you want to put him on the field and let him kind of trial by fire I think that's perfectly okay for what you want to develop him into because this is a guy that you know if he if he reaches his potential he's probably gonna be three years and out and so next year's year two and and you'd like to see it from him and and I will say this too I think if Conrad steps up you're gonna be great but if Blake Nicholson has a breakout season next year that completely transforms your defense because still yeah. right now we're like we feel good but i still get a little nervous about that linebacker room but if, yeah. if he yep. steps up into a starter level role man that transforms your entire defense oh yeah yeah well and and again i mean really it comes down to like i almost this sounds crazy to even say this as we end the show here it sounds crazy to even say this but if you think about the running backs how the running back how running back is becoming not obsolete, but less the the least important position on the field for offense. Well, the linebackers in this new day and age of of football is is almost in the same way. I mean, last year because of the line, because of the defensive line play and the secondary play, your linebackers didn't hurt you as much anymore, right? right. They they weren't as key factors. Now in that Clemson game, <laughs> they were a, a big time factor. We needed that. But as much, they were able to roam free and do what they need to do. What if you could get great D-line play, great secondary play, and good linebacker play? Holy cow, I almost got the Holy Spirit right there thinking about that <laughs> right. defense. It's just the above, if you could get above average. I mean, yeah. I think last year you had really good college linebackers. And I think, if you, like you said, I mean, when you look at the style of offense that teams play now, yeah. most teams run a 4-2-5. And so yep. they, they kind of sacrifice that third linebacker for that nickel position, which is kind of a hybrid of both. And right. I think like with that being said, you'll you'll have a smaller sample set for him to get on the field just from snaps yeah. wise, from the type of defense yeah. that they run. But you know, you'll have some opportunities for him to get some playing time. And, you know, he may even be one of those guys where maybe not initially, but by the end of the year, I think he's gonna be one that's gonna be special and and you yeah. just wanna you gotta keep him in the fold through through the spring and everything. But man, I, this guy, you know, you really just hear all he does is work. And so yeah. like, that's, that's what I'm excited about. And again, I think he's out of all the linebackers in that room outside of, if you bring in like Cam Riley or something like that, I think he's got the high ceiling. And so if he does translate into that, if he does reach that peak, man, it's going to transform that linebacker unit. So I'm really excited about what he can bring for the defense next year. Now, these, like I said, guys, these are our five picks for players that are poised to have a breakout in 2024 we could expand this to 15 players a piece and we'll revisit this after the spring. But man, I think just the takeaways from this is you got just a, a basket full of really talented players to choose from. And there's, despite losing so many players, 
you know, you knew what you kind of had coming in last year as yeah. far as impact guys. This year, it's like, man, it's it's like feels like you can just throw a dart and hit someone who's <laughs> going to be talented and poised for a breakout season. So there's a lot. This is certainly not it, but these are guys that we like. And so, man, I, I'm just super excited about seeing this roster next year full of these guys that are poised for breakout seasons. Of course, they have to live up to the potential, That's but right. man, I, I'm just so excited about some of these guys. So any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I, same with you, man. Excited for it. We'll see after the spring. We'll probably have to reassess uh, depending on who, who stays and who goes and who comes in as well. And then right. we'll be able to really kind of nail down, okay, here, here are the players we're really thinking about for 2024 season. Yeah, definitely. I want to see these receivers timing with DJU. That's going to be big yep. for me as well. But overall, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us here. I just, again, I'm so excited about seeing all the new faces coming in. Sometimes that makes you nervous, but, you know, as that talent floor elevates, there's okay. a host of guys that could be in for a special season next year. So with that being said, guys, we will wrap it up here and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, go Noles. Go Noles.